Survival Tales the Titanic, Chapter 4. Mutt. Wednesday, April 10th, 1912. Noon. Mutt stared into what seemed like hundreds of huge sacks full of letters and parcels, piled up on the quayside, ready to be loaded onto the ship. You want me to get into that? He asked the rat, who was chewing at the rope tied around one of the mail sacks. That's your grand plan? His heart raced just thinking about it. How was he going to breathe? What if the sack he was in fell into the water? What if he became trapped? He hated sacks almost as much as he hated water, and now here he was, having to confront both of his worst fears. It's your best way onto the ship, the rat told him. Unless you want to squeeze that big head of yours into the gap on one of those crates. Mutt glanced over at the crates, filled with fruits and vegetables, that were being hoisted one by one by large cranes into the cargo hold of the ship. He would never fit. Is that how you get on board? The rat nodded. Only the best for us rats. There's enough food in there to keep us going, just in case. He caught the anxious expression on Mutt's face and waved a paw at him. Relax. I've been on these ships a thousand times. Nothing's ever gone wrong before. And just wait until you see the food the humans eat. The last trip I took, I was double the size by the time we docked. Mutt couldn't believe it. Could, Mutt could believe it. He wasn't a small dog, and the rat was almost half his size. The name's Leon, by the way, the rat said, holding out a paw. King Leon. Mutt ignored the paw and narrowed his eyes, suspicious once again. He had never heard of such a thing as a royal rat. King? That's right, King Leon nodded, standing up on his back legs, so that he was almost nose to nose with Mutt. He placed a paw, his paw on his hips. You, my friend, are in the presence of rat royalty. King Leon the 333rd, give or take a few, descended from the great rat king of Brooklyn himself. He dropped back down on all fours and gave a little shrug. Well, me and about a billion other rats. You're from Brooklyn? Mutt asked, realizing why the rat spoke in an unfamiliar accent. Is that in the New World? What's it like? The New World? King Leon said. I don't know much about it being the new world, but it's a good world as any. The air vibrated with a sudden, deafening whistle as the crowd of humans lining up the quayside started to wave and cheer. King Leon gestured to the sack behind them, beside them. Hop inside and try to make yourself as small as possible, and keep that wagging tail of yours still. As much as Mutt hated the idea of climbing into a sack, the thought of never seeing Alice again was worse. He swallowed the last of his fear and jumped into the mail sack, wriggling and squirming his way down among the brown paper-covered parcels and bundles of letters until he was covered well enough so that none of the humans would notice him. The minutes ticked by painfully. Mutt considered whether he should trust the rat and stay put or find another way on board. As far as he could tell, the rat, King Leon, had long since disappeared. Mutt wondered if he'd ever see him again although he didn't much care either way. The last thing he needed was to owe a rat a favor. All of a sudden, the sack shifted and Mutt felt it being lifted off the ground. Through a gap that opened up at the mouth of the sack, he saw the hull of the big ship. Huge, towering white letters painted on the side read, Titanic. This was it. His belly swirled with a mixture of fear and anticipation. He couldn't wait to see the look on Alice's face when they were reunited. The master might be a little less pleased, 
but Mutt was sure he'd get used to the idea. Besides, he was always complaining that Mutt should get on a boat and get over his fear of water. And it wasn't as if he'd actually let anyone throw Mutt overboard. Finally, the swaying movement stopped and everything went dark. King Leon had told him to lie low until the ship got moving. But Mutt felt too anxious. He thought of Alice and how her face lit up whenever she saw him, and it calmed him a little. As the minutes turned to hours, it didn't seem as if they had moved at all. It was too hot and too dark, and Mutt was starting to panic that he might never get out not to mention the fact that his rump was numb, and no matter how many times he changed position, there was always something with a pointy head jigging into him. Mutt had a sudden, horrifying thought. What if Alice had managed to change the master's mind? What if, at that very moment, they were at home while Mutt was heading out into the big blue? What would Alice do when she found Mutt gone? He wriggled his way through the parcels and letters piled on top of him, bursting from the top of the sack and sending the mail flying out with him. Then he clambered over the mountain of sacks identical to his own, searching for a door or a way out of the storage compartment, which was lit by a single light bulb. The secret word for this chapter is light bulb. But all he found was a metal door that seemed to be locked from the outside. Mutt whined, scratching against the metal. He was trapped. He would starve to death and Alice would never know that he had tried to find her. He scratched and scratched until the door, at the door until his paws ached. Eventually, hunger and exhaustion caught up with him and he crumbled onto a sack of mail destined for a world he'd likely never see.